Colossians chapter 2 tonight. Uh, last week we looked, uh, started the study on Sunday night, uh, corrections from Colossians. Gaining and getting corrected from the book of Colossians. Uh, last week we looked at the church of Laodicea. We found that they were a lukewarm church. Jesus said, because neither you're neither hot nor you're neither cold, but lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. They, they were also a lacking church. The Bible said they said they were rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. But the Lord said, Thou knowest not thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Not only were they a lukewarm church and a locked-up church, they were uh, a lacking church, they were a locked-up church. The Bible said Jesus was on the outside of his own establishment, knocking and trying to get on the inside. They had locked the Lord out of his own house. I say that as a terrible shape for a church to get into where they locked the Lord out of the house of God. Where nobody can hear him, where nobody can have fellowship with him, where nobody can worship him. And so many have done that today. They have locked him out. We find 30 years later, Prior to the, this writing, after this writing, John is writing to the, in the church of uh, Revelation. Paul had written some things to the same church by the way of the epistles called the Colossians. And we find that the word, uh, that word Laodicea is mentioned five times in the book of Colossians where uh, some things that Paul wrote to the church. And in fact, he, in chapter 4, Paul said to read this letter to the Laodiceans. I want you to read this letter, but I also want you to read it to, the, to your neighbor church. They were about 10 miles apart. He said, I also want you to read it to them. I want both of y'all to get what I'm writing to you. I wonder myself, how, many, how does a church like Laodicea get so messed up, get so backslid, get so carnal, get so careless, so lukewarm, that God would literally say, I'm going to speed you out of my mouth. It's the only church in the Bible that literally made God sick to his stomach. They locked Jesus out of the church, and the only thing that came to him this, they refused to receive the writing and the rebuke that Paul wrote 30 years prior to that in John. Paul had written something that they obviously did not take to heart. Obviously, they, they did not put it into practice because they missed the warning of the Apostle Paul. So 30 years later, they wind up in a condition of apostate. I, I, really, I would really hate for this church 30 years from now, from this time in, that I reckon would be like the Laodicean church and we have Laodicean Christians. I believe it's possible to be a Philadelphian church in the Laodicean church age. I, I believe we can be on fire for God. We can serve God uh, and, and present the word of God. And, the, and, hadn't, and they had not denied the name of the Lord. And the Bible says and doors it was opened before them. And, and they sent the gospel out. I believe there are some things in this book, Colossians, that we have saved that church spiritually. And I believe there are some things in the Colossians that that will save our church winding up like the church Laodicea. Last week we looked at chapter 1, the corrections of continue. That means to continue 
in what God has said. Always, and uh, being a, a Laodicean lay lay church, you've got to stay away from some things. You've got to put some things away. But tonight we're going to look at chapter 2, dealing with the correction of compromise. Staying corrected so that we don't compromise what we believe and compromise what we have uh, heard, compromise what we preach, and compromise what we teach from the pulpit and pews. So look at chapter number 2 tonight. Chapter number 2. Here we go. Verse number 1. It says, for I, have, for I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And for many has not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted being knitted together in love and all in, unto all riches of the full assurance of the understanding to the knowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man shall beguile you with enticing words, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order in the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding word, word therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through psychology and vain deceit after tradition of men and the rudiments of the world and not of Christ. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and grace, Lord. Open our hearts and may be. Be what we need to be, Father. We just praise you in this time. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Tonight we're dealing with the uh, thought of cor correction for compromise. Staying corrected so that we don't compromise. Uh, let me say this to you. I believe that we're living in a day, and you'd have to agree with me on this. When you look around, and I'm talking about in the... Uh, uh, those that claim to be Christians, that claim to be uh, blood-bought, the Bible believers, believers uh, and to know the Lord, you'd have to agree with me, they're living in a day of great compromise that's in this crowd today. Would you agree with me? 150 years ago, no matter what denomination was in, Presbyterian, Baptist, uh, any, in Methodist, no matter what denomination was in, 150 years ago, they all used the same Bible. They all preached out of the same Bible. They all believed the same way. Uh, uh, they, they had the same understanding. They used the King James Bible. There was no other Bible to use. All of them believed what the King James Bible said. They believed it and they preached it. And that was all that you heard was the King James. No matter what church you went to, no matter what preacher came they all preached salvation by grace through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Every one of them had the same message. It is by grace through faith in the blood, nothing less and nothing more. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that gets you to heaven. And that's what we ought to believe. The same Bible, they preach the same way. But now, we're all of a horse of a different color. We all got a different Bible. My Bible don't look like your Bible. Your Bible don't look like my Bible. Your Bible don't say what my Bible says. My Bible don't say what your Bible says. <laughs> they're preaching out of what they want. And they're preaching out some whacked out stuff today out of these Bibles they have. And there are people throwing stuff out that's not in the Word of God. 
And you don't know what kind of stuff people are swallowing and believing today because of this stuff. I, I believe the church of Laodicea absolutely lived up to their name. What do you mean they, their name? They did not receive the correction or uh, uh, compromise that Paul dealt with in chapter 2. You, you would say you'd have to mean they lived, uh, lived up to their name. The name of Laodicea is, means rights, justice for all people. That means everybody has their right. Everybody has their own way of doing things. We're living a day where the rights are being pushed on you one way or another. You got civil rights, women's rights, animal rights. My good, I, I get tired of this. Help keep elephants in this world. $19 a month and you can save an elephant. Symbolically adopt an elephant. We, we ain't saying nothing about all these unborn kids. They going out here killing. They ain't saying nobody's saying nothing about that. But we have all these rights, and they're pushing all these rights on us. And you get to church, you got a right to do this. You got a right to do that. You got a right to accept this. I can do this in church because it is my right to do that. Rights for everything. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe we all have rights, but it comes under the authority of God's word that gives you the right to do what you do. And can I say all this rights that we have in this world has not helped us, but indeed has hurt us in the long run. Amen. I'm tired of hearing the rights. But that's what the Laodicean church name means. It means the rights of the people. Common fairness of the people. So the Laodicean church compromised with the world and they became worldly. One of the greatest dangers for the church today is compromise. It's compromise. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. The reason I preach so hard is the enemy is at the gate. And if we give him an inch, he's not going to take an inch. He's going to take a mile. The problem is that so many churches today have taken a little bit in and it just gets more and more and more. It does not stop with just a little bit. I'll compromise a little bit on this. I'll compromise a little bit on that. Once you start compromising, next thing you know, you got the floodgates opened up and everybody wants to bring their thought, their belief inside the church. It's not your thought. It's not your belief. It's thus said the Word of God. Since the inception of the church, for 1,700 years, the devil tried to uh, destroy the church th through annihilation. He, he persecuted the church. He, he, he had people killed through the church. And, and he kept going and kept on. He thought that the only way he could stop the church of Jesus Christ was to annihilate it. But he found out the more that he persecuted the church, the more he brought against the church, the more the word of God went out. And it spread. It spread. So the devil learned that I, I can't destroy the church by trying to annihilate it. He says, I, I, I'll learn. The, de the devil, he learns. He learns. I, I believe God had his eyes blind and he thought he could annihilate it, he could destroy it by the persecution. And he showed him, hey, the more you persecute the church of God, it spreads more and more of the gospel went out. But he said, you know what? It's not annihilation, it's infiltration. I'll get inside that church. 
I, I'll, I'll start letting somebody come in and you accept them in and say, hey, I, I, I believe this way, I believe that way. And you say, well, it don't sound that bad. It's not a bad thought. It's not a bad belief. I believe we'll just let that come on here. We'll set it up inside here and we'll do it. He realized that he cannot destroy the church through persecution. He said, I'll get inside and I'll bring those with me and we'll destroy the church through compromise. You don't think so? There are a lot of great churches that I know that have compromised and allowed the world to come inside of them and now they're nothing but a shell of what they used to be. They don't even preach out of this Bible anymore. They got some other doctrine they preach out of. It can happen. The devil has learned that he can infiltrate the church and destroy it. That, that's why we have to stay on guard. That's, the, that's why we have to be ready. We can't, we can't uh, 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 allow a little bit to come in and set in and don't take care of it. Don't correct it. Paul says there, there's a problem of compromise. But I believe some things we can find in chapter 2 to help us not to be like the church of Laodicea. To compromise our preaching on the way how we avoid the compromise. How we're to combat compromise I believe there's some things in chapter 2 and I'll give them to you right quick that we can avoid compromise in the church first of all stay rooted verse number 7 and he said it right off verse number 7 rooted and built up in him and established in faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving you ask why do so many Christians compromise from the pulpit, compromise in the churches, compromise? I'll tell you why they compromise, because they get away from the roots that they have. Paul said, don't stray away from what you have been taught. Don't stray away from what you've been learned. Uh, uh, stay built up, stay established in the boundary as you have been taught. Now, I'll say this, some people end up compromising because they have no roots. They're not building up. They don't have anything that goes deep. They have no roots. Bible said many, uh, many people are destroyed from the lack of knowledge. The problem with a lot of Christians, they, stay, they are not rooted at all. They got saved, but they never got grounded, rooted, built up, started abounding in the things of the Lord. Listen to me. You can't go... Go on, on roots that your pastor has. You can't go on the roots that your mom and daddy's have. You can't go on the spiritual knowledge of them, uh, the, the, of the elders, the, the children. You've got to start getting your own roots, bound them, and getting rooted into the Word of God. You've got to get that book right here. You've got to study it yourself. You've got to root yourself. You need to know why you believe what you believe. Rooted in your family, uh, rooted in a church, or rooted in your life, the scriptures, so that when the, the winds of doctrine uh, blow through, you're not being uh, swaying uh, saying, say, hey, that, that sounds good. That, that sounds real good. That, that talks real nice. If you're rooted in the Word of God, you get grounded in the Word of God, those that come in with his enticing words, uh, you'll hear them. You say, that's not what God said. And when you can do that, that means you're starting to get root deeper and deeper and deeper in what God said. They talk real nice. Hey, that's cool. That's new looking. That's that. Well, to bring that in. 
No, 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 no. Get yourself rooted to the point where you know why you believe this Word of God. Get yourself rooted enough that you know why you're in a Bible-believing church. Get yourself rooted enough that when somebody throws an argument up at you, you might not be scholar, and I am certainly not a scholar, but I'm like Peter. He says, be ready, always give an account, give an answer to every man that asked of you of reason, of the hope that you in uh, meekness and fear. Give an account. Be ready to give somebody an account for why you believe what you do by the word of God. You ought to know enough to be able to combat compromise in your life. When it comes your way, get, it, get rooted in what God. Know what you believe and why you believe. Don't rely on someone else. Amen. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And then he said, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted. They are rooted. Because they're rooted by the rivers of water, they bring forth fruit in their season. His leaves shall also not be withered, and that whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He tells us in Psalms 1, you need to be rooted. You need to be grounded in the things of God, not the things of this world. Don't allow the things of this world come to your life, because it will destroy you. And then verse 4, he says, the ungodly are not so, but they also like the shafts. With the wind come to drive them away. I call them surface Christians. They're, not, they're only rooted on the surface. They, 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 don't, they don't get deep. I, I, I like this illustration. I like this. this. This is a potted plant. It's artificial too. But, but you see this thing. The roots don't go, but that as is deeper they can get. It can't get no deeper. And another thing about this thing right here, I can move it anywhere. <laughs> anywhere I want to move this thing, I can move it. But I challenge you right here and now, I challenge you right here and now, go outside, grab a hold of that tree sitting right there, and try to wrap your arms around that tree. Try to pick it up and move it somewhere else. It can't be done. It's rooted, amen? That's what he's saying. That's what Christian saying. You need to be rooted in the Word of God, the things of God, and the Scriptures of God. It needs to be in your life. Not just tote a Bible around with you. Not just say I'm a Christian. Don't say I'm washed by the blood. Know why you're washed by the blood. Know why you study the scripture. Know why you go to church. Amen. He said you need to get rooted. Let me just say this. Some of our roots don't go deep. Hey. And I... I, I'll say this and I'll keep saying it. As so many has come through these doors and gone out of these doors. Why? Because they never got rooted in anything. Never got rooted in nothing. Why? Well, because they choose not to be rooted. They choose not to be rooted. You, you got to be rooted. They were planted by the rivers of water. You know why so many Christians are getting compromised? They're potted Christians. That's all they are, they're potted Christians. Stay rooted. 
Stay tapped into the church. Stay tapped into the word of God. God gives the water. God gives the increase. I help. He's, he's, he's with us all the time. But as soon as you get away, listen, as soon as you get away from the word, as soon as you slide it away, as soon as you get away from fellowship, and you'll start drying up. Your roots will start drying up. I find if you don't water roots, they'll dry up anyway, amen? And spiritually water and spiritually rooted comes from the word of God. If you get in the word of God, it's going to nourish your roots, and it's going to get you deeper and deeper and deeper in the word of God. That's why we got so many Christians just walking around with every wind of doctrine that comes around. Get rooted into the Word of God. Get planted. Take your Bible out once a week and read it at least, goodness sakes. I've seen people have their Bibles in the back of their window of their car and be faded out. I said, how come it, oh, I, gotta, I can't go nowhere without my Bible? Really? If you take it out of that window and read it to somebody, it might not be faded out. You go home, somebody's house, and they got the family Bible. Everybody got a family Bible at their house. How many times you ever opened that thing up? I got one on my table, too, and I don't open it up. And we got one right here. That's a family Bible right there. We open it up in page, put it in there, and that's it. Same thing, same people thing at people's houses. Oh, I read my Bible there. You see, it's opened up right there. Amen, I'm telling you. Get rooted, he said. You, if it, if to battle compromise, to battle that wind of doctrine that blows in anyway, you need to get rooted in what you know. Amen. Get rooted. Stay rooted. Then he said you need to stay ready. Stay ready. Paul gives us warning, three warnings in chapter 2. He said to be on the lookout for. Stay ready. Verse number four. And this I'll say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. The next warning is in verse number eight. Lest any man spoil philosophy, philosophy and vain deceit. The third warning is in verse number 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward. Paul has given us warning. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, church, stay ready because there are people coming along that talks real good and they sound real sweet. But I'm telling you, they're out to get your soul. They're not looking out for you. Uh, Paul warns them, That's, this is my job is to warn you. My job is to get you to stay ready, get prepared, and get rooted in the Word of God and watch out for this. He said, watch out for enticing words. Listen, a Bible preacher is never known for his enticing words. Can I say that? A real Bible preacher, those that preach in the book, have never been known for enticing. All the preachers out of the Bible, you read about them, they're not known for their enticing words. And as a matter of fact, they were known for speech that made people mad. They're not, the, the preachers of the Bible, they're not smooth preachers. They're, they're not these real cool preachers. No, they wouldn't. They, their, their words were, were, were made people get angry. They're, they're not polished preachers. Those that's polished right out of the college. And some of these colleges, I have to say, have took and polished the edge right off of them and the sharpness right off of them. 
And then they come out with these smooth words, educated words, words that they, you know, it takes $10 to learn how to pronounce them. They throw these words out there. And really, they're, all they're doing is giving you philosophy. Philosophy, all they're giving to you. And Paul said, hey, you need to beware of those people that, uh, that talks enticing words. The same in, you know, the, I ain't going to call his name because I, I think he's a good teacher. But they talk and they never raise a voice up. They always have the same tone, no matter what's going on. And they'd be reading and a little bit of excitement and good in their voice. Yes, yes, yes. That's what he's talking about. You, you get these people that come in, they polished. People want to know where you where I went to school, where I went to. I went to college, I went to school, but let me tell you what, I didn't go to Bible college. I learned my words at the word of feet of the old preachers. School of hard knocks. I, I sat at the feet of the people and listened to them preach. I listened to them talk. I asked them, what does this mean? And I had one guy uh, from Ocala, and he would call me every day, and we would talk Bible, we would talk scriptures, and he'd give me stuff. And I had a preacher, a 100-year-old preacher at a church that would quiz me, ask me, what do you think? And I'd tell him, he said, no, that ain't right. This is what the Word says. Start going by what God says instead of what man says. These polished preachers coming out of this seminary now are just nothing but polished toothpicks. And he said, you need to be aware of them. You need to stay ready. Stay ready. Verse 8, he says, Beware lest any man spoil you through psychology or feign deceit. We're getting to say a preacher sounds like a philosopher. He's not preaching. He sounds like a philosopher. Like Aristotle. Socrates. That's what we got. Turn, turn your TV on. You listen to these guys. They're talk, they, they don't give you scriptures. They don't give you Bible. They're talking for philosophy. They're talking about this. You ought to be this. You ought to be this. I'm tired of this. Your best days yet. To, every day's a Friday. No, every day ain't a Friday. I get up on Monday morning and I got problems. No. I have heartaches. I have burdens. I've got trials. I don't have a lot of things. I don't have riches. But they preach like you're supposed to have riches. No, you need to be stay ready and listen to these people say this stuff. Beware of so-called science, the Bible tells us. Beware of that. Just tell us that. Those two things that the church has held high, psychology and science today. I could care less what psychology, what philosophy, what uh, Aristotle says, and I could care less what Darwin says. I care less what they say or think about. I care what the Bible said. I, I, I don't want to hear that I came from a monkey and swung from a tree. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that God created man in his own image. That's what I want to hear. That's what I'm going to believe. I'm not putting my faith in somebody's own thinking and living on it. But that's where we got churches today. They start to accept this, this doctrine of science. They're starting to accept this doctrine of philosophy. They, they don't preach. They just talk to you now. I heard a preacher say the other day, everybody's going to heaven. Really? How's that? 
everybody's going to heaven. No, it's not. He hasn't read the Bible. The Bible says hell enlarges itself daily. That means people are going to hell, so everybody cannot be going to heaven. Here's the problem about compromise. We see Baptist preachers are starting to change what they believe and what they've been taught. They've taken their edge off, and now they're using this psychology stuff that they, uh, that's become compatible to a lost world. They, they're wanting to invite the world in. They want to invite the, the things of the world in, uh, and, and they want to make, this, make us think that we're not uh, as bad as you think we are. We're trying to get you in, uh, and when it gets in, you're bringing their doctrine in, you're bringing their belief in, and it starts to become compatible, and then you lost your edge. You lost the edge. Boy, we've lost some great preachers. Mays Jackson. He threw it out there and he didn't care who he hit and who would hit him at. Billy Sunday. He, I mean, that boy preached revivals all over. People got saved. There, we lost some great preachers. Now we got these preachers that's coming up with a different way of preaching, a different way of teaching. Psychology. They, they want the world inside the church, but don't want God inside the church. They want God out. They have locked the doors on God. We'll do it our way. We'll show you that we can grow. We'll, we'll, we'll lock God out of the house of God, and I'll show you that we can build a church, and it will grow and prosper. You're right, because your God is the devil. And you don't think he can't give you gifts? You're crazy. But when you lock God out of the church, you lost the spirit, you lost the fire, you lost the anointing, you lost everything that you're working for. Let me just say this. If you don't want the spirit of God, if you don't want the fire of God here, let me know. I'll go. But long as I'm preaching here, it's going to be with the authority of God, the spirit of God, and the power of God. Not what you think or not what I think is what God said. Most of these mega, mega churches, what they preach from the pulpit is philosophy. It's not Bible. It's, what's this self? You, you can be your own God. You can think good, think positive, think happy, and you're going to make it. I've tried that. I think good, boy, it ain't good. I think positive, and it don't take me long. I'm negative. I think happy, and I'm sad. It don't work. But when I get into the Word of God and let God say, this is what it is, I, I start to feel better when I get a hold of God in the Word of God. I'm not interested in people that don't preach the Bible anymore. Paul's talking about staying ready. Stay ready. Watch out for this stuff. They're, they're teaching uh, philosophy so that the world will agree with them and get along with them. Open the doors and let them come in. When it comes to your walk with God and what you know about the scriptures, what, do, what does it matter? I will not compromise what thus said the word of God is. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what they think about me. I will not compromise the word of God. The, the Bible said there's a falling away. 
there's a falling away. Can I, can I give you a news update on that falling away? It's here. It's here. If you've been waiting for it and you kind of don't know when it's going to happen or not, let me just say, it's here. Men don't endure sound doctrine. They, they have the itching ears. They, don't, they want to hear things that, that will not convict them. They don't want to hear things about sin. They don't want to think, hear things about what they're doing is wrong. They just want to be told everybody's good. Everybody's happy. And everybody's going to heaven. That's all they want to be told today. The falling away from the word of God is here now. We're living in it. And I don't think it's going to be long. We're going to be yanked out of it. Amen. I'm looking forward to that. Getting yanked out of this world. Get ready. Stay rooted. Stay ready. Last thing tonight. Go back. Verse number 10. Look at verse number 10. So get rooted. Stay ready. Stay remembered. And you are complete in him which he is the head of all principality and power. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism wherein also you have re- re- raised with him through the faith of the operation of God who faith hath uh, raised us from him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against you it was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to the cross praise God there stay remembrance we are to remember that we're complete in him verse 10 it says you're complete in him nothing in this world should complete you like he does. He, he is your world. He completes you. Don't forget without him you have no, no uh, you have a peace meeting if you don't have him. You have a peace meeting that missing out of your life. He is the completion of your life. Just, just like your wife, just like your husband, you complete each other. Amen. But she, she's, she completes me and I complete her just like it. If, you, if you're like that in your life, then you got somebody to complete. God is, he completes you. Everywhere you go, he completes you. You are complete in him and without him, you're not complete. That's what, it, that's what verse 10 says. We are complete in him. That's what he's telling us. We're complete in him. Some Christians don't want that kind of relationship with God. Can I tell you that? They don't want that husband and wife relationship with God. Why? They, they, they like to snuggle up to him on Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. But rest of the week, they go out and live like they want to the rest of the week. They don't want that, they don't want that relationship like a husband and wife. They say, Lord, I, I, I'll snuggle up with you on, on a, as one, one, a, one service a week stand Christian. They, they don't, they'll snuggle up with you on Sunday, but they, Lord, they're going to go out and do what they want to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come back and snuggle back up with you on Sunday. No! Amen. You have compromised yourself throughout the week. Amen. And can I say you're not married to Christ when you only snuggle up to him once a week? Can I say you ought to be snuggling up to him every day, just like you do your husband or your wife, you snuggle up, don't you? Just the same way. And he says, you're, you're complete. He completes you. Then he says, you are spiritually circumcised. 
in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sin and the flesh to the circumcision of Christ. He calls it a, 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 an operation in verse 12, buried with him, baptized within all the arisen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. What do you mean? Well, circumcision is that cutting away of the flesh. In the Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament, you realize the soul is attached to the body. Go home, read Leviticus chapter 5. Read it. Over and over it says, the soul that sinneth, the soul that sinneth, the soul that sins through hearing, the soul that sins through uh, seeing, the soul that sins through smelling, and the touch, the soul that sins. Why? It, it, it's, it's attached to the body. It's attached to the body. That's what's doing the sinning was the body, but the soul sinned too. The soul is attached to the body. The soul is going to live somewhere forever. If you're lost and you're going to hell because you have not repented and asked Christ for you, your soul will live in hell because of the sin that the body has committed because the sins are attached to that soul. According to this, when I got saved, I, I'm to remember this. I'm to remember what he's done for me. I'm supposed to remember this, that God did an operation on me without hands, a spiritual operation. It was a spiritual circumcision. What he did is saying, hey, God took something that was very, he had to do it to be sharp. And he told us what it was sharp in Hebrews. He, he cut our bodies he separated the body and the soul. He cut the sin off that soul. Now he said, hey, your soul has been clean. Your soul has been washed. He spiritually, spiritually circumcised our soul from the body that sinned. And now our soul that don't sin is not held accountable for the sins that the body has done. Hebrews says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the body and the son of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrows, even in the discernment of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When you got saved, God went and done an operation on you. The sins of the body is no longer attached to the sin of the soul of your body. Because my soul has been cut loose and washed tonight, if you remember that, if you, if you remember what God has done for you, if you, you can just say, I, 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 I won't compromise if I know, remember what Christ has done for me at the cross of Calvary. You will keep from compromising anything the Word of God says. Then he said in verse 13 and 14, And you have been dead and sent your sins into circumcision of your flesh and have been quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against you, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. He said, you've been, you've been cleared. You've been cleared. I read a story. A lady and her son, her son was charged with a crime. He was found guilty, and he was stuck in prison. He served years and years in prison. But they came and found out that he didn't do the crime. Oh, he said, no, he come back. So 
they had another trial and they exonerated him. Said, you, you're not guilty of this sin. You're not guilty of anything. It, it was wrongful conviction. And, and his mother was excited and was joyful about it. And the, the, the DA called her up and says, you want to come and watch us destroy every piece of evidence that was against your son. Everything they had against her son. And she said, yes, I want to come and see that. So she went in the room. And they had a shredder in there. And they brought boxes and boxes and boxes of papers that were saying he was guilty. He did this. All these testimonies, all these things went in boxes and boxes. And they opened a box one at a time and start shredding every bit of that information. And they got to the last one. And they shredded it and said, there it is. Your son is clear. There was no evidence against him at all. Can I say this? Get this. If you don't remember anything else, everything that was held against you, your flesh, Christ put it through the blood shredder. And he said, now you're clear. Now you're clean. There's no charge against you. You may go free. I've been set free. Don't worry about it. I'm clear tonight. I don't have to worry about it now. I have been set free, and it's all been shredded to pieces. Amen. Don't compromise. Praise God we don't need to compromise. We don't need to allow some of this strange doctrine to come in. Oh, it may sound cool. It may sound good. It may look good. It may even smell sweet. But don't accept it. If it doesn't come from the Word of God, don't accept it. Amen. I'm just telling you. If we're not careful, Paul wrote this letter to Colossians. He said, read it to the Laodicean church. He said, they need to know this too. One church got it. One church didn't. And they were a, a messed up church in Revelation. 30 years later, a messed up church. Why? Because they didn't take to heart what Paul was trying to tell them. It can happen to you. Church, it can happen to us. We need to stay rooted. Mm, I can't get that enough of that. We need to stay rooted in what the Word of God says. It's not my doctrine. It's not your doctrine. It's the Word of God's doctrine. We need to stay ready, looking and watching. We need to put guard dogs around. If it ain't God, we don't want it. If it ain't the Spirit of God, we don't want it. We've got to keep it the way it is. And we've got to remember, hey, we have the promise. We've been cleared. We've been cleaned. Amen. Anybody?